just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. <laughs> you must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can tell it's Monday. I started on a shot of myself instead of the open there. But great to have you guys here. Most of you wouldn't see that. I'm Randy Robson. This is Life Today. It is live, and things happen, uh, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, chat is open, by the way, if you're watching this live. Obviously, in the replay, you missed it, and we invite you noon central time to join us live. But if you can't make it, that's great. We just appreciate you watching. Today, we're going to hit a topic that I I've always just think is, is important. Uh, for all sorts of reasons, um, whatever spectrum of some of the theological, you know, ideas that you may come from, I think we can agree that uh, as a as a nation and as uh, the right thing to do, that America should support Israel as a nation. Um, shining light of democracy over there. Most people don't realize how many Arabs live in Israel peacefully. This is sort of the world we want, you know. It's not perfect, so you can always find something, you know, but neither is America, neither is Canada, neither is Australia, but we are on a path towards improvement, and I think that's important. So today we're going to have an interesting conversation, kind of catch you up on some things that are going on, uh, and I've got uh, Luke Bray from an organization called Passages Israel, and we'll tell you a little bit more about what they do in particular, but um, Scott Phillips was on last year. Uh, talking about, um, you know, our relationship with Israel for, uh, as far as the church and the United States as a government. Uh, and I'm excited to have Luke Bray back, or uh, Luke Bray on, to have someone from Passages back on. I want to give you a, a brief little background because, frankly, I'm quite impressed by his resume. Right now he's the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships and Growth for Passages Israel. We'll talk about that. Um, but he served in, uh, in Iraq in the United States Army, so he's a veteran. Uh, he is an adjunct instructor of global studies at Boyce College. He's got a master's of divinity uh, with a concentration in Islamic studies. Uh, he's got a THM. I'm, I'm not sure what that is. Is that a theological master's in Christian missions or something? Master's of theology, Luke? Yes. Okay. Thank you. And a PhD. We know what that is. In world religions uh, from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So this is someone who... Uh, has a wealth of training, uh, knowledge, uh, and experience. And so, Luke, it's great to have you on Life Today Live. Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, Randy. It's good to meet you. Glad to be here. Let's uh, let's set up um, and talk a little bit. I, you know, I, I hear news stories uh, about, you know, this thing going on at a college campus uh, or this attack happening in, you know, New York City or something against a Jew. Uh, and— Unfortunately, there are some people that have been elected to Congress that say some pretty god-awful things about the nation of Israel. And I just, I just go, you know, what, what's going on? It seems like things really go bad when anti-Semitism starts to increase in, in a country. Just historically speaking, I'm just saying. <laughs> that could be a bad sign. Is, is it really rising in America, you think, right now? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think we've seen that rise uh, over the last five to 10 years. But I think most of the time people are either one, they're kind of sheltered from it. They don't really think about it on a regular basis. Or when they do see the headlines, um, they quickly go past it to look at something else that maybe is a little bit more interesting or a little bit more close to them, so to speak. And so I think the 
the boiling points, if you will, of the actual physical attacks are really just um, kind of a symptomatic problem uh, that happens with all of the, the issues that are going on underneath. So I think anti-Semitic um, feelings are increasing or have been increasing over the last several years. Uh, and then they kind of spark out in these you know, various attacks, which are maybe their verbal attacks or maybe their physical attacks like we've seen in Colleyville or uh, at the Tree of Life Synagogue or in, in other places. And so I, I think that uh, when you look at the statistics, even the, the statistics kind of bear it out for us. Um, on uh, one particular report that was published in 2021, American Jewish Committee's State of Antisemitism in America, uh, it, it's reporting from kind of a Jewish perspective. So Jews that have been polled, this is kind of the sentiment that they have and what they're feeling. And it reported that 90% of Jews said that they believe that anti-Semitism is a problem. And so I think that's a really significant number. So coming from a Jewish perspective, they believe that anti-Semitism really is an issue and something that needs to be addressed. And you go on and look at uh, and other sources like the Pew Forum, uh, which is another research firm, and it says, I quote them, more than nine in 10 U.S. Jews say that there is at least some anti-Semitism in the United States, including 45% who say that there is a lot of anti-Semitism. And so that's coming from two different resources there. But 82% of American Jews say anti-Semitism has ris risen over the last five years. So like really fixating on that last five-year five year point. And I think one of the most interesting things is that only... 44% of the general public believes that that is really the case. And so I think that's where you end up seeing some of the disparity, even that you were mentioning, is that, you know, do people, the general public, believe that this is a significant problem? Um, it seems like 44% seem that they don't think that it really is, while the 82% of Jews really see this as a, a mounting issue that they're having to face on a day-in and day-out basis. So yeah. whether it's perception that they have, um, from something that somebody says or something someone calls them um, or any other kind of stereotypical problem. I mean, the, the way I, I think of anti-Semitism is, is pretty, I guess, pretty basic. But anti-Semitism is a, is a bias or prejudice which promotes negative stereotypes about the Jewish people. And we've seen that throughout history. It's a, it's a process of dehumanizing a person yeah. and, uh, and even rejecting their basic rights human rights, uh, or even rights when you talked about Israel for self-determination, something like that. I, you know, I think the, the public, American public, gets a little um, victim-weary. And, sure. and so when we hear people, you know, complaining about being victims of, I don't know, you know, some microaggression or somebody called me a name or whatever, and you're going, yeah, you know, everybody has dealt with that on some level. Uh, obviously minorities in any community are going to deal with it uh, on a much higher level. You know, um, Mexicans are going to feel it here in, in Texas, unfortunately. Uh, and, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. None of them good, but mm -hmm. I, I think we tend to dismiss, um, one-offs, you know, okay. Well, someone was attacked. Someone was mugged. They happen to be of X group. Therefore, X group wants to say, oh, we're, we're under assault, right? But at the same time, the thing that makes me go, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the anti-Semitism in particular because I'm hearing it at higher levels. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hearing it from professors. I'm hearing it from people in Congress. I'm hearing it from elected leaders in, in different cities. This idea that uh, Israel is an oppressor, you know, mm-hmm. that, that the Arabs over there are mistreated. And, and the reality is just not the same. Not that they not again, you can find a victim here or there of anything anywhere. But overall, Israel is is very tolerant, is very accommodating, surprisingly, frankly, given what they've been sure. through in the last century, you know. Um, is there something going on in the West that is allowing for uh, this just poisonous idea uh, of anti-Semitism to become a little more socially accepted, do you think? Well, I think that there's a lot of things that are probably happening in the West. One of the things we've seen over the last 10 to 20 years uh, on college campuses is just a, a, a changing of the narrative um, to supplant Israel yes. in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. And um, and what you what you end up seeing is you know, even the movement of BDS, boycott, divest, and sanction, right? That's that's a movement that is oftentimes kind of a grass, it's 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 shown as a grassroots movement, but it actually is is doing some some real damage to I think the perception of Israel in the United States. And even as you mentioned, the um, you know, professors or tenured professors that are really uh, kind of championing some of these ideas. Uh, are are placing Israel in a crosshairs uh, that doesn't necessarily need to be in. Now, as you said earlier, Israel is a country and the United States is a country, Canada is a country, and uh, every country has its own issues. And um, and no country is perfect, right? And so we, we can't say everything that Israel does is perfect and, and always right. Uh, but what we do notice is that Israel as a country um, is really the uh, only significant democracy in the Middle East, yeah. and uh, and as you even mentioned, they they have a tremendous amount of diversity even within the state itself, mm-hmm. and the, the way that they treat minorities is one of the things that passages wants to help students be able to engage with, and so as we take students on educational tours to Israel, we allow them the opportunity to interact with minorities, and so um, I apologize for the dinging. <laughs> And, um, and so we allow them to, to interact with these minorities, whether they're Christians or Muslims living in, in, the, in the land of Israel. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and I'll put the website up there for people that are interested, passagesisrael.org. It looks like this. Uh, and, you know, what, what Luke and what his organization does in large part is just to take students, mainly Christians, to Israel. Um, are you doing this more as a this is the land where Jesus walked kind of tour, or is it more contemporary? Or are you, are you encompassing all of that? Give us an idea of exactly what yeah. the approach is for you guys. No, absolutely. So we have two major objectives that we um, that we kind of promote as an organization. Um, but let me kind of back up just a little bit to give a little bit of an illustrative framing. I think that will be helpful. There's a lot of different organizations that do pilgrimages to Israel, right? They're all over the place. Christians go to Israel and they look at the, the holy sites, the biblical sites, all of the archaeology, all of this. And it's an amazing experience. They come back, their life's changed. God does something really tremendous there while they're in the land. 
and uh, and they come back with a very different outlook on the scriptures and their own Christian life. All of that is extremely positive. Now, imagine if you and I were to walk into uh, an old home, and when we walked in, we sat down in the living room, and there was this amazing coffee table. Coffee table was probably made in the 18th century. It's out of mahogany wood, absolutely gorgeous, hand handcrafted. Everything is just really ornate, and um, and we looked at it, we talked about it, maybe we thought about the history together and how many coffee cups have been set on this table mm-hmm. in this, you know, couple hundred years, right? And then we just kind of got up and left the house without ever talking to the people that actually lived in the home. Mm-hmm. And so many times that is what pilgrimage tours look like. And so what Passages wants to do is obviously take students to see the holy sites, to see these places that will really change the way that they understand the Bible and read it. Uh, but we also want them to be able to interact with the people that are living there today. Mm-hmm. And so that includes Jewish people, that includes Palestinian Muslim people, that includes Palestinian Christians, that includes a lot of these minority groups so that they can have a full orbed understanding of what's actually taking place in Israel today. So the first thing that we want to do is to strengthen Christian faith among uh, particularly among college students in the United States. And why we think that is so important is that so many times what happens is college students, particularly when they come out of high school, going into college, Christian students, either one, they will kind of table, the, table their faith for four years yeah. and just kind of you know not really do anything with it, not really be engaged, not grow as a follower of Jesus, or they'll just completely jettison it altogether. And we see that happening, uh, especially among millennials and Generation Z. Mm -hmm. And so Christian students really need to have that foundational kind of encounter um, that we believe by taking them to Israel, they can have in a really strong way. And so strengthening Christian faith and identity among the next generation of Christian leaders is really, really important to us as an organization. And so that's, that's the reason we want to take them to Israel to have this kind of empowered Uh, encounter with God. But then also, uh, even just reflecting on the backdrop of all the things that we're talking about today, um, Christians ought to be building bridges of friendship uh, with the Jewish people and with the people that live in Israel today. And and we see some really, really dire statistics uh, when it comes to the friendship between uh, Jews and Christians. And I mean, if you think about it in the backdrop of the last 2,000 years, um, the relationship between Jews and Christians has been really, really dark uh, from the early days uh, to the Middle Ages to, you know, even you think about Europe in the last hundred years, uh, some really devastating um, encounters between Jews and Christians. And the Jews are usually, if not always, the ones who come out um, on the side where there's brokenness and harm and hurt. And so we want to we want to build those bridges back as an organization. And when you look at what's actually happening in the United States, I was mentioning earlier about some statistics. Uh, one of the, the reports that I read actually reports that this is from a Jewish perspective. They said that 71% of Jews uh, believe that extremism on the liberal left represents an anti-Semitic threat. Now, that's really significant number, 71%. Uh, but then think about this. They also said that 86% of Jews, uh, 86% of Jews say that extremism in the name of Islam 
represents an anti-Semitic threat. Mm -hmm. Now that obviously kind of makes sense in our minds, but now this final number really is troubling, I think for conservative Christians. And it says that 91% of Jews said that extremism from the conservative right represents an anti-Semitic threat. And so if you think about the way that Jews have thought about their relationship with Christians over the last hundred years, um, the conservatives were the ones who were doing terrible things in Germany, right? And so we have to really begin to think about how is it that we interact with Jewish people and how do we build bridges of friendship and understanding? And that, I think that trend, or at least that perception of a trend, is something that Passages really wants to uh, to to change. Yeah, I mean, I, I would point out that conservatism in Nazi Germany was was not not conservatism in America. By oh, any absolutely way. not. Absolutely not. It's the perception, right? Perception, so it, right. No, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think they're watching too much with, CNN. But, uh, but yeah, let, let me ask you this, because as someone who understands history and who works there, I, I, I have to defer to your, uh, in a lot of ways, authority on the matter. Um, what the relationship between Christians and Jews, because we, uh, yeah, look, both of us, I mean, not to excoriate an individual Australian actor, but, you know, the idea that, that, that the Jews killed our Savior, we've all heard that nonsense. And I think most of us kind of shake our heads at that going, you know, that that is not, <laughs> that that is a primitive way of thinking in a lot of ways and, and really a poor, just, just a poor thought process. Um, well, it's a very anti-Semitic trope, you know. Deicide has been that has been continually brought back. It's, it recycles, it, it does. and even now today, it's being used um, uh, honestly among among some who are very pro-Palestinian and very anti-Israeli uh, to promote Jesus as being a, a Palestinian or would have been a Palestinian or something to this. Right. Way. Even though last I checked, Bethlehem is in. Israel today, but but so here, here's here's my question for you. Um, what what do you see? Because you're working with a lot of Christian students, so they're coming right out of the homes, and now you're talking to them about Israel. Are are you seeing that there's still is there a lot of anti-Semitism on the religious right anyway? What we would consider kind of conservative Christian upbringing? Are these students having to shake off going, oh my gosh, my parents taught me that the Jews killed Jesus and we should hate the Jews and yada, yada, yada? Or, or is, is they, are they not bringing that baggage? Because I don't see it, but I'm not in the position you're in. No, I think that um, that isn't something we, we really encounter that often. Good. Uh, is, is conservative Christian home promoting anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic ideas. Good. Uh, but it's really, I think, the, the issue is more so that there's just no discussion whatsoever about Israel or the Jewish people. And so when they come to us, it's it's more of a blank slate. They don't really have a tremendous amount there to think about unless they've maybe been to a public university where there's been anti-Israel protesting on campus or something like that. Yeah. And so I think more than anything, it's, it's just a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding for many students and so one of the things that we, we have kind of a, a four-phase pro, program with Passages, the first phase of the program is an introduction course. And in that, we want to introduce them to the ideas of the Bible because so many students come to us and maybe they grew up in a Christian home. Uh, maybe they, maybe they're, they've um, grown up and been a believer for a little while. Um, maybe they've been, been involved in a campus ministry. 
but they still don't seem to have a lot of biblical literacy that one would hope for <laughs> when thinking about engaging the land of the Bible. So we want to build that into the system so that when they actually get there, they have these you know code hooks to hang these ideas on so that things don't just kind of pass pass off and, and fall from them. So that's, that's one element. But then also we need to help educate them over the last, you know, hundred years worth of Middle Eastern history when it comes to Israel. And so giving them basic ideas, framework, dates, uh, different things that have, uh, that have occurred, those are really critical too in order to maximize what they can experience while on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, well, kids are a blank slate because Americans don't think about anything but America. You know that. <laughs> we are inc- incredibly myopic, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, uh, you mentioned also— well, We're the, often called the ugly American. Yeah. Do, do what? It's not, oftentimes why we're called the ugly American when we go places. When we travel internationally, we think everybody ought to be speaking English to us. Yeah. Well, well, yes, of course. I mean, because what, what else would you speak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a missionary that went to uh, Mexico and encountered some— and he had never been out of his county in the south and encountered some some children um in mexico and he remarked to his team leader because these kids are so smart and the team leader's like what why why do you say that he's like look they're like four five six years old they're already speaking spanish it's like <laughs> that's that's their native <laughs> language dude okay anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, sidebar um you mentioned also uh the threat of radical Islam. And I'm curious what you're seeing now. Um, You know, the, the death to Israel chants coming out of Iran. I mean, do they really mean it? Is that just uh, at high level government? Is that just them clinging to some tradition for political power? Uh, You know, where, where are we at? I mean, last I checked, they're still sending an incredible number of rockets into Israel out of, one of their strongholds has ball or somebody you know on either side of them is what's the situation in your mind uh when it comes to muslims and jews sure well i think um let me kind of frame that out a little bit because i think one danger that we have um kind of looking at this situation is to lump muslims all together as though they're monolithic but there's so much diversity among adherents of Islam. And so I, I would want to estimate, and again, this is an estimation that, you know, a very small percentage, maybe 10% of Muslims in the world um, are radical Muslims as one might call them or Islamists. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about the grand scheme of, of things, Muslims by and large, the vast majority are peace loving people and who are kind and compassionate and have a desire to to live at peace with those around them. And so I think that's really important for us to remember when we as Christians kind of engage this space. Some of my closest friends uh, either from my time when I was in Iraq uh, serving among police officers in Baghdad or my friendship with several people that worked on our base, um, incredible Muslim people, gentle, kind, um, loved their neighbors, um, really just wanted to live their life and take care of their family. And so I think that's important to note when you begin talking about Islam and particularly talking about um, uh, to radical Islam. Now, when it comes to Israel specifically, uh, we know that um, there's a there's a history here um, and the anger or the frustration that is felt is not 
it's not so much a theological, and what I mean is a theological debate that stretches back to Abraham, right? So many times Christians really want to amplify that. Hmm. Um, really, the debate and the issues at stake are something that's more like 75 years old, 100 years old. Hmm. And the relationship between the Jewish people and the Arabs around them, whether that's Palestinians or Jordan or Saudi Arabia or Iran, um, after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, you you had what was perceived by the Arabs, an outside group coming in, taking land. Um, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of, a lot of debate that we could have about that, and even just kind of walking through some of that. But uh, the main the main idea to take away from that is they were seen as an external group of people taking land from people that live there um, currently. Now, a lot of anger as a result takes place. Um, between the Arab peoples and the Jewish peoples. And there was violence on both sides in the very early days. Uh, and even to this day, there's there's violence on all the sides uh, when it comes to this, this conflict. And so now you have an entrenched people um, that really have no other place to go. Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip or the Palestinian people living in the West Bank. And, uh, and they don't really have any place to go because none of the Arab countries have really stepped up to assist in really significant ways, whether that's Lebanon or Jordan or Egypt, uh, they've taken some uh, and and helped some, but um, but nothing really that has changed the narrative for the Palestinian people. And so, as a result, there is this kind of all or nothing mentality when it comes to the way that Hamas, who um, typically operates and has political control in the Gaza Strip, uh, but then also Hamas has some some work that they're doing in the West Bank as well. But then you have the Palestinian Authority that is kind of involved in the, the governmental controls in the West Bank. And so all of those different tension points cause flares to, to arise uh, between the um, state of Israel and then the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And, uh, and usually it occurs at different high holiday points when people get uh, very involved and very excited and very angry, um, sadly, and um, and we saw that even last year uh, with the uh, the issues related to Temple Mount or uh, to the Al Aqsa Mosque. Um, there was a lot of um, lot of conflict, and as a result, um, lives were lost, missiles were fired, um, tremendous amount of damage was done. So, what do you? Um, oh, by the way, before you get angry about him saying most uh, Muslims love peace. Let me just remind you that my guest, Luke Bray, has his uh, Master's of Divinity with a concentration in Islamic studies. So he's he's definitely looked at this, I think, harder than the average person by far. And I, you know what? I, I, I know you're right. Um, but we we like to we like to create our, our boogeyman. We like to have devils to go after and, and enemies to fight. And that can get in the way. What do you what do you teach your the kids that you take over, you know, that you think will lead to a, a better attitude, whether it's towards Israel or just people of other faiths in general, because, you know, Christians, <laughs> Christians should be peacemakers. Someone once said, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, but yet right. sometimes we feel justified in, in some of our really wrong attitudes. What do you, what do you, what are you telling your kids when you take them on these trips to Israel and engage them in other cultures? No, that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, Jesus calls us into the kingdom, and it's a kingdom to make peace with those around us. 
And so what we do as an organization is we want students uh, to not only interact with people, but hear from them. And so they hear from Israeli perspective, from their tour guide or from speakers, but they also hear from Palestinian perspective because they need to hear that narrative. And students are able to think through the facts and think through the narratives and be able to come to their own conclusions. But I think as an organization, what we want to do is we want to see um, people as made in the image of God. And so that's all peoples. Every single human being in this on this planet was made in the image of God. And that person deserves to have dignity and respect. So we desire for human flourishing, whether that person is Jewish or that person is Palestinian. And, uh, and, and so there's a, there's a promotion of those kinds of concepts and those kinds of, those kinds of ideas. And so as a result, we, we stand and we oppose hatred wherever it is found, hatred that goes toward Jews, anti-Semitic hatred, or what we oftentimes find is Palestinian hatred among some Christians, hmm. uh, a decision to, to say that those people are other and those people are unredeemable or, the, unredeemable or those people are, are not worthy of the time. Yeah. And so we want to see people come together for peace. And so uh, peace in the Middle East, I, I truly believe is possible, but I believe it's possible through, um, through a kingdom and through a king. And so we, uh, we, we stand opposed to those kinds of ideas uh, of hatred uh, because every single person is made in the image of God. So Yeah, love it, love it. All right, Luke, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight and what you guys do. If somebody wants to connect with Passages of Israel, or with Passages Israel, what is the best way for them to connect? Sure. Uh, our website, www.passagesisrael.org, uh, is a wonderful starting point there. And uh, you can in, email info at passagesisrael.org, and we'd be happy to answer any questions um, that you have. So, Randy, it's really nice to meet you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Again, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate the spirit in which you do it. To me, that's that's the biggest thing. And so, thank you, sir. And thank you for your service. Yes. Appreciate you guys hanging out watching. Check out the website. It looks like this, passagesisrael.org. If you've got an interest, uh, get in touch with them. Uh, or if you just, you know are interested in the peace uh, of being a peacemaker, you know, uh, this is our calling and it doesn't matter. Jew, Gentile, uh, Arab, Muslim, whatever, Buddhist, um, we're supposed to be people of peace. So let's do it. Uh, again, passages Israel. We'll see you again next time. Got a lot of great interviews lined up this week, so keep coming back. We'll no good you we'll see you again next time. Prayer. Right here on Life Today Live. You don't have to go anywhere or be in this specific place. I hope you guys are enjoying that. It is the believing of the heart. It is faith in God. You believe in pain, man. Yeah.